Welcome back to another Hooligans pitch. This one is a little bit special. Hmm. As always, it's it's me, Chad. And Michael. And Michael. But now we got a special guest with us today. And who else could it be but the one and only Zach? <laughs> that's right. Welcome, Zach. I think um, other Zach that's in the our, our league might have some words for you with that, but... <laughs> That's oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Forgot. And Zach was actually uh, the other Zach was our first guest on the show, and now you are technically our. I would call you our second guest ever because Theo. That was kind of like a bonus episode. It wasn't all three of us, and now you are officially our second guest. We only take Zachs on this show. We need to find another one coming up. But um, yeah, welcome. Glad to have you. You're the first lead supporter I think we've ever met. Honestly, I don't know yeah, very many yeah. of you out there in this world. Um, so congratulations for sticking around and, and being one of the few. <laughs> yeah, it is um, it is a very small population uh, that makes up lead supporters <laughs> in terms of in the United States. But globally, there's a lot of people at the very least. Sure, yeah. I'm just happy to be part of the elite Zach crew. <laughs> um, I do say the one and only, but that's just more like we're kind of a hive mind sure, situation. Sure. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, uh, supporting leads has been a very, very, let's call it a roller coaster. That's probably the, the gentlest way to put it. Sure. And, and now you probably got, you know, not you personally, but the, the United States as a whole is probably looking at me leads more and more as it seems to be United States player hub, which is just fascinating. Um, feels a little Ted Lasso-y to us and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll jump in on that. But as is tradition, we're going to crack our brews chat. I'm drinking a schlafle. Uh, wintry haze IPA. I, I, I like to say Chaflay. Uh, I don't think that's how you actually say it, but Chaflay was from School of Rock or some some saying with that Schneebly? word. No, not Schneebly. No, Schneef- <laughs> no, no, no. Jack Black would say, he said Chaflay somewhere in there, not Schneebly, but I okay. think he was playing off of that. So I'm going to crack this bad boy open. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking a uh, Tiki Time from Calicraft. Fun. It's yeah. It's a it's a nice little tropical wheat beer. Very tasty. Nice. And uh, mine's a very hoppy, very um, fruity flavor sort of combination. Uh, it's a Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar with Cream. Oh. Um, so, you know, very, like, health conscious, except for all the additives. Uh, it's already open, so I can't get a crack. Yeah, that's okay. We, we've done that, too. Is, now, is Dr. Pepper, just a side note, is that 51 flavors? Is 23. That oh, it's 23. So well, does, does Cream make it 24? I was going to say, yeah, with uh, Cream, it's 24 now. At right. least, I mean, if you look at the the list of ingredients they have on the side, it's probably a little bit closer to a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> but all yeah. right, well, let's talk some footy now that we're all here and acquainted. Uh, the last time we left off was last Sunday. We had one more Premier League game to go: Tottenham and Fulham. Um, mm-hmm. We both, well, I, we both predicted maybe a, a doozy of a match. Both fifth and sixth place teams going at it. And to be honest with you, that was one of the most boring. We've been saying this a lot lately. This is the most boring game of the year. That's up there with a with a one nil score line of being the most boring game I think I've seen. I just uh, I I had such high hopes for Fulham to like really do something here, and they just did not. <laughs> yeah. Zach, did you get a chance to watch that one? I didn't really get the chance to watch it. I saw the highlights a little bit afterwards, um, but it's. My thoughts on it is that it's just one of those matches you can add a safe bet on. Like mm. I, I love seeing Fulham uh, beat some higher up teams, but like a to- uh, Harry Kane goal in a one nil Tottenham game. Yeah, yeah. What else do you expect? And to be fair, that goal was pretty sweet by Kane. Oh no, um, nice goal for sure. Yeah, credit to him. But Fulham looked just dry. They didn't have no creativity, and we kind of talked about this last time too. Like they need Mitrovic and the old man William to come in there and kind of. <laughs> do what they can, but um, Mitrovic was basically invisible. Uh, that goal, I felt like that was going to wake up for him. Oh, okay, time to come alive now, mm-hmm. and it just didn't do it. So, um, pretty boring game. And then, into the week, we had Arsenal-Man City. Um, mm-hmm. That game kind of went the way I thought it would. Yeah. You agree? Um, Result-wise, I don't, I don't know. Like, I really didn't know which way this was going to go, but I think how it played out it was pretty much how I expected where like very just slow methodical. Like I don't think any team really wanted to give their full tactics away for, I think they're both kind of more focused on the league. Yeah. Um, but I will say that like 
this Arsenal team has liked a few revenge wins, so this might kind of tee up Arsenal a little bit better in the league when they when they meet up with with City in a couple of weeks here. But yeah, Th- this was know. a game that City I think had to win because if Arsenal beats yeah. them here. All eyes are on City to, I don't know, maybe do something crazy at the transfer window, even though they're already fully stacked. I just see <laughs> this was a bigger win for City than it was a loss for Arsenal. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think this is going to disrupt Arsenal's uh, momentum or, or, you know, drive or anything. Um, you know, I talked to another Arsenal fan at work, and we were both just on the same page of, like, FA Cup is a great competition, but, like... It, we have the opportunity at the league at this point, and like we're taking that. We're all all in on the league this this year. So, yep. And then just it's overall okay. for the games. weekend of sports, pretty miserable weekend for me. Liverpool losing to Brighton. Uh, you know, the one bright moment was maybe Wrexham winning today, and that didn't happen either. Uh, the house got well, pretty hyped up for that. That that Wrexham game was was pretty exciting. Like. It was exciting, don't get me wrong. It's, like, cool to see him there. Zach, are you familiar with Wrexham and and what they've done? Oh, uh, incredibly. I was uh, a bit taken aback whenever I first heard about the whole, the news of the Hollywood stars uh, taking over, how they were going to. It felt, uh, there's a good line in Ted Lasso, actually, about it, where uh, I can't remember his name for the life of me, but the director of football. No, the director of football in the show. Uh, I was watching it last night, but he says he's talking to the board of directors at Wrexham, and he can't for the life of him figure out if it's a joke. <laughs> it's like, and that, that's exactly how I've been feeling about a lot of Wrexham, but it's really cool seeing it like start to pay off now. Yeah. And like, I watched their Welcome to Wrexham uh, series. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've. I probably wasn't going to just because I don't really like watching documentaries that aren't about leads. Uh, but then I saw they had a like John Green come in for a crash course video. I was like, I I gotta watch this now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. pretty fascinating how money can truly buy happiness for wow. a club, and uh, <laughs> it makes you wonder if they would put their money into what other club, what other club would be playing today. And it's just it's fascinating that Wrexham was the choice. Um, but yeah, weird seeing Ryan Reynolds on TV today cheering for a team. And it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Every time he was on, it was either like frustration or like <laughs> excitement or just like sadness and confusion. And just he, he felt every single emotion. And like clearly he's fully bought in more than just money at yeah. this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's not acting. It looks, you yeah. know, he's, he's acting like it's uh, his, his true passion, which is neat. Um, Higgins, was that the name you're thinking of, Zach Higgins? Higgins, mm, okay. Leslie, Leslie Higgins. There, there you go. Leslie yeah, Higgins. Yeah. Yeah. All right, great. Um, all right, Zach, we told you we were going to bring you on here if some crazy news happened. What a deal, I think, for Leeds to pull off Weston McKinney from Juventus. Juventus, over the last week, lost 15 points from Syria. Ah, hilarious. They're still like in the top half of the table or pretty close to that mark. Um, Juventus is just going to be the butt of jokes. They were the butt of jokes 20 years ago. They're going to be the butt of jokes for the next 20 years. What a disgrace of a club. So happy to see an American get off that club and turn to a, a Premier League team in Leeds. So, Zach, take it away with what you hope to see in McKinney, um, what, you, what your realistic expectations are for Leeds as a whole, and how soon do you think we'll see him play? I'm going to start off with that, actually, that last question, because I think it's uh, a very interesting one. Leeds have always had kind of this sort of weird trouble with getting people in quickly. Uh, but we've seen just very recently Jorginho Rudder, I believe is how you say his name, uh, the forward that they just signed not even like a week ago, uh, went straight in uh, for the Accrington-Stanley match in the mm-hmm. FA Cup. And, you know... Full respect to Akron and Stanley, they gave us a very good game, but like the FA Cup, that's where you try to introduce new players around this time. Uh, I don't know if it'll be the same case for Weston McKinney, especially considering it feels more like a depth signing. With the money to it, I'm not really sure if that's exactly the case, especially considering it's a loan to buy, which seems to be our favorite way of doing business. That's how we got (laughs) Juan Melier. Um, Jack Harrison, <laughs> like 
all of the a lot of the really big moves we've been doing have been loan to buys. For some reason, that's Razzani's favorite pick. I do think he'll be playing within less than like two weeks after the end of this international break. Um, he's a very, very good player who has kind of like a, a set style. So there's not really like a lot to say, okay, you got to do this whole new tactical thing. He works in a system that uh, Jesse Marsh is already working with. It's kind of a bit more of a plug and play. I think the hardest thing is just going to be getting him up to speed with what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And then once that's clicked, he'll probably be taking Click's spot, uh, who we just sold to DC United. Well, I don't know if it's a sell or if it was a contract situation. Uh, that one has been kind of unclear to me. I haven't really looked into it too much. Well, the deal for McKinney was $1.4 million, which is a steal in my mind. Um, you know, looking at Poole and what they've done for their midfield in the last year has been disgraceful. And for $1.4 million, I was like, that was maybe a shot they could have taken. And even though McKinney might not have that crazy creativity, um, like a Thiago, which is kind of what we need more of, it still would have been a great player for a very cheap price. So that's... To me, that's uh, something that we've missed out on. So yeah, kudos to to Leeds for kind of taking, you know, a little gamble, but not a not a risky gamble. Um, yeah, it's uh, not going to be exactly one point four million if we do buy him because then it'll sure. be there's all the. I think it's add-ons. thirty. I think it's around thirty. Yeah, thirty something after that, which is going to be that's still in its own a steal. He's a player who you'd expect at least fifty, especially from a team like Juve. Who, uh, if it wasn't for the fifteen point reduction being about finances could absolutely fight for whatever price they want for him. Mm-hmm. But considering that they have really nowhere to, to argue or bargain. Uh, I do think, yeah, he's the kind of player that a lot of teams right now in the premier league are kind of looking for. Um, we were apparently in the, the pool of teams looking for Unai, uh, the Moroccan midfielder who right. lit up the world cup. Um, and I posted something in here on the on the Discord fairly recently that it was like, ah, I'd rather have Unai over Weston McKinney because looking at the stats that I was looking at, it was like Unai is like objectively better. But then I started taking a, more of a look into what exactly would Unai bring to our side. And he would bring kind of the same thing as McKinney. But McKinney has a lot more physicality. Absolutely. Uh, and he hasn't, yeah, and he hasn't shown a lot of goal scoring, but what goals he does score are things that are very common for us to make. I think we're going to see like maybe a bit of an uptick in his scoring uh, throughout his Leeds career relative to his career prior. He scored, what, like 18 goals across all competitions? Uh, since his career at Juve? Uh, since he started playing, I believe. Um, let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, 18 and 187 since starting at Schalke. In 2016, I forgot he was back there. That was that felt like ages ago. Um, the one thing with Unahi that that I was looking at that kind of scared me um, in terms of comparing the two is Unahi's six foot, lengthy. Uh, do you want to take a guess on how much he weighs? I don't know off the top of my head. I, like, I was looking at it earlier, like 180 to 135. No way. So he's a very he's a very frail, skinny man. Which you know, great. I love the length, but the EPL is a very physical league. Like very, yeah. he's wow. gonna get hammered, and I would worry about his uh, his boats. They might be dense. He might be strong, but like just when I saw that, I was like, no way. And I believe yeah, it because no. I've been there. I mean, I understand what it's like to be a frail, skinny, skin and bone type person, and. One knock from one of these 200-pound center backs, I just can't imagine what that would feel like. And, you know, maybe he's doing just fine the way he is, but that was that just stood out to me, like, on pure physicality, that's where he would struggle. Yeah, and that that I didn't even really think about exactly how much he would weigh. Like, that's actually, I would say, the big issue right now with Brendan Aronson at Leeds. Like, mm-hmm. he's showing off a really good technical ability and uh, a general understanding of the game that, not a lot of our players are like really putting forward, uh, but he just he'll like start a dribble, start a progressive pass, and then get knocked off the ball by somebody twice his size. Yep. He's a bit of a string bean, and I didn't know Unai was 130 pounds. 
<laughs> um, yeah, never mind. Thanks, yeah. tonight. Aronson's five ten, one fifty. Yeah. So that's dang. Even worse. <laughs> but you know yeah, what I what I love about Arison is he puts his head down and he goes. Yeah. Oh he, yeah. He he's he, he doesn't let his size dictate who he is on the field. Um, Absolutely not. That's why he's one of my favorite players for the United States team. It, it was a shame we saw him coming in at the 60th minute when that man should have been starting, I think, every single game. Um, as far as the United States team goes, do you want to talk about your ex-coach maybe coming in there? And, uh, I, yeah, you know, and you know, as far as I know about Bielsa, that's how you say his name, Craig. Is it Bielsa? Uh, Bielsa. Like Bielsa. More, more emphasis on the L. I do. I don't okay. know. I know nothing about him. I know nothing about his history, what his tactics are. Um, I'm very curious as to if that hiring happens, what should the United States team expect as a culture and from a a tactical standpoint? All right. Well, that's a very good question because I, uh, in my Discord little about me thing, it's got, I'm a Marcelo Bielsa stan. Uh, That's what got me really to, I mean, I, wasn't really into soccer, and then he came to Leeds, and I was like, okay, it's no longer soccer, it's football, and Leeds is my team, Marcelo Bielsa is my guy. Just everything about him, his story, the way he plays, the way he manages has been transformational for not only Leeds and the teams he's managed before, Chile and Argentina, uh, but just for me as a person getting into sports. Uh, so to get on his like tactical, his cultural aspects. Like uh, he is directly responsible for revolutionizing how we look at like statistics. Uh, he was one of the first managers to record tape of games and look it back and be like, all right, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. Whenever this happens, we need to be pushing in here. Uh, he revolutionized shape. Uh, he created a three, three, one, three. That's, uh, directly influenced how Pep Guardiola's tactical system works. That we now, it, he still tried to use it at Leeds. It didn't work out as well. I think more because the players weren't necessarily perfect for the system. But if we see that being used at, at the United States, I think we'd see a lot more, a lot more midfield emphasis, a lot more uh, shifting positions where we would have a lot more like total football kind of style. Uh, sort of a return to how Cruyff kind of made people rotate from where you'd expect them to be just every couple five minutes. Um, We'd see a lot of very, as far as the culture goes, we'd see a very like, I don't know if structured is the right word, but there would be a lot of communication between the sides that have the the, uh, United States players, the, American managers, the American domestic league. Uh, he has a very incredible talent for national management. Um, and though he hasn't really won anything, it is been the it has been the like mantra for his entire career that you do not necessarily have to measure success with trophies, wins, or losses. Uh, you just look at what he did for Chile and the fact that an Argentinian man in Chile is now. Uh, <laughs> one of the most well-respected managers. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, a thing of like building a like an understanding of this is what football is, this is how to develop players, and then either getting fired because he doesn't win as much and bringing in now somebody who never could have possibly been thought of to manage that team or finally winning the World Cup with the Americans. Um, oh, dude, hang on. Whoa, oh, man, that just... <laughs> woo, man, I, I just got goosebumps. I just got hot. Woo, man, I'm blushing. It's hot in here. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he'll finish up taking the job, but uh, apparently it's the... Well, I don't know if it's the most discussed to replace Burhalter, but it's definitely what I'm seeing a lot of around uh, Twitter. Well, the the... Zidane and the the Pep Guardiola talks were just ridiculous, and it was, was like, come, like come on, like. But <laughs> the fact that it was uh, it circulated around the media saying like, oh, we're looking at this, like, got enough attention to where maybe you know people were like, well, who can we realistically get here? Um, mm-hmm. 
and who will come in with with immediate respect where players will take to so quickly because he's been all around the world. He's been there. He's done it all. Greg's resume is just not as awesome as Bielsa's, just to, to say the least. Like it, 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 He comes in with uh, his set standards already, and I believe if he comes in tomorrow, there will be a total shift in mindset and motivation and what is to come in three years um, that no other coach, at least from an American nationality, could do. Yeah, I, not I don't. I don't think there's one coach right now who, with American descent, who could come in there and do what he's trying to accomplish. Yeah, right. I mean, from from the the leads that I watched when Bielsa was there, like Leeds still has a lot of energy now, but I feel like he kind of really put that energy into the team and just like Leeds is just running forever. And you know, the the U.S. men's national team has a lot of those younger players, a lot of the quicker players, and we saw glimpses of it during the World Cup, but I think. Greg is just like he seems a little too I don't know mellow or something where it like he doesn't really he's not able to to rile the squad up and like really get them to um I don't know push yeah. harder I guess but it's, um, it looks like he lacks urgency in in dire situations like I understand it's good yeah. to stay calm and collected and all that crap but man when it's time to like get your team fired up there is just it, you know we look at Arteta what he's doing right now and people are saying you need to chill out. <laughs> F, F that. I want yeah, I want on. my coach to go crazy on the sideline when we score a goal. I want him to earn a yellow card when he's trying to protect his players. I want those things instead of Greg just being like this. Yeah. That's uh I mean that that's one of the things that Bielsa is known for. His nickname is El Loco, the crazy one. <laughs> uh and whenever you hear uh all like the story and the the myth behind Bielsa that was built in Argentina with his time at Newell's uh, old boys, uh, you get this idea that he's this insane guy who uh, literally held a live grenade in a pack of Ultras fans because he... <laughs> what? I, I don't know exactly why. There, there, There is so much to his story of just, like, insanity and emotion and passion. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino, he's the guy who figured out, oh, hey, this guy's going to be good at football. Uh, and the way he did that was he went into the guy's house while he uh, his mom invited Bielsa in, and he looked at Pacatino while he was sleeping. Went, those are football player legs. <laughs> that was it. And now Pacatino's managing top level teams. And... Look, see, that's the kind of crazy we need in the, in the U.S. team. Just like, <laughs> yeah, wild ideas and thoughts and just <laughs> something to get. U.S. like more on the map of respected international football. <laughs> the, the only thing is that he has, whenever you get that whole myth, you get the idea that he's going to come in there immediately like that. Mm-hmm. And today, I mean, he's a he's a much older man. Um, sixty-seven. Photos yeah, sixty-seven. Uh, he's still got a lot in him, but he's very. He keeps that passion in for like speeches for more poetic wording and especially like in the middle of a match he will uh you'll just hear piercing through like Elland Road atmosphere you can hear him just say uh very good Davis is one of the things that just sticks in my head he was we had a young player Leaf Davis running down the left wing and he just we're in the middle of singing uh marching on together and you could hear him just scream above that and it was <laughs> He's got that kind of passion still on him, and I think it's going to be very helpful to get a change from that. Uh, it's just also important to note that like, he's a lot more... in When you're first looking at him, he's a lot more like controlled, conceited, very um, methodical with like his thoughts, his actions, his movements. So it'll be, I think, an immediate change in terms of, like you said, that respect that like he has been just about everywhere. Uh but I think it'll be we'll need like one or two international friendlies for some for him to pull what he did at Marseille. He like used three substitutions before the 40th minute, I believe, uh, because people just weren't doing what he wanted them to do. Hey, that's fair. It'll, yeah, <laughs> it'll take something like that, and at that moment, I think it'll all click, and he will just get that kind of like the resources he needs, the attention. Uh, from the players, uh, they'll give him the respect. Uh, he's 
Pep Guardiola was asked who's the best manager in the world, and he said Marcelo Bielsa. Wow. And I, I personally believe that to be still true, even after the uh, little bit of collapse in 2022 with Leeds, um, which I personally feel like was partially Bielsa's aspect, like fault, to put it a little aggressively. But more than anything, it was we had so many injuries on leaders in the in the uh, dressing room mm. and it was the we've always been strongest under Bielsa whenever we had the same 11 players ready to go in week in week out like the championship season that we got promoted was I don't think Click missed a single game Mateus Click who was this kind of vaguely nobody Polish midfielder became a world beater under Bielsa because of the consistency in the lineup. And then that 2022 season comes around. Calvin Phillips is injured. Liam Cooper's injured. Patrick Bamford can't get off the stretcher without picking up another injury. (laughs) And it just fell apart. Um, But I think with the United States men's national team, it'll be, it's, it'll be the same with Bielsa as it's always been. It'll either be some form of collapse uh, and he'll have built something better for somebody else to come into and really take off with. Um, or he'll come in, stay around for as long as he needs to, and become possibly one of the best in our history. Right. Well, lucky for us, in 2026, our squad is still going to be super young. I would say mm-hmm. just at the start of their like what's considered their prime, 26, 27. Um, not so much 28, maybe a couple here and there. But, um, you know, when things roll back around in 2030, that's like, if it's not done by 2030, then everything's going to shift again. And we're kind of going to go back to where we started from this last one in 2018. Um, I just want to read this quick quote about Bielsa and the whole grenade situations because it's fascinating to me. Um, when he was a coach at New Wills in 1992, the club lost the mass 6 nothing. And a group of ultras turned up at his home to complain. Legend has it, when he opened the front door, Bielsa was holding a grenade in his hand and threatened to pull the pin if the fans did not leave. When the supporters flee, Bielsa chased them down the street and shouted, Do you still want to talk? Do you still want to talk whilst in his pajamas? And I hope the same energy comes if he does get hired because I we will have never seen anyone like this before. Klinsman was like you know, a great German player, but didn't have this type of passion and energy and honestly craziness that he brings. Um, so yeah, I'm all for El Loco to El Loco, right? That, is that the nickname? El Loco. Yeah, I'm all for it. I, I really hope it comes because the United States team is just evaporating into dust right now. Uh, it seems like every person in charge is just getting fired or dropping or letting go and, it's a pretty awful thing to see, <laughs> considering we had a somewhat successful World Cup. Um, yeah, well, and, I mean, this is the time to do it, right? Like, yeah, you're in, in that in between early stages of moving into the next World Cup, so get all that backroom drama out of the way now. And we can't let it linger, though. It's already like yeah. kind of lingering right now. This can't go on for another yeah. month. This can't. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think they hopefully quickly can get a manager in, whether it's Bielsa or someone else, and just, like, move forward now. Yep. Would be sweet. All right, and then, Zach, we did ask you kind of a string of questions there, um, just about Leeds and Bielsa and McKinney, but I I just want to bring up Leeds. Leeds is sitting 15th right now with 18 points. What are your expectations for them to... Where are your expectations for them to finish? Um, And then Chad and I will counter that with our knowledge on Leeds and everyone else, because, you know, you have a little bit of a bias. We have a... You know, we're trying to say non-biased with everyone. So where, where are your expectations? Where would you like to finish? Well, uh, if I would like to finish would be, you know, we supplant Arsenal <laughs> in the last days of it. But, you know, more realistically, uh, it it's looking like it's going to be a relegation battle. I mean, we're, I don't know the exact points of the bottom three right now, but we're not far off. I'll give them day. to you. Southampton at 15, Everton at 15, cool. Bournemouth at 17. And then we got 17 Wolves, 18 uh, West Ham, 18 Leeds, 18 Leicester. It's tight. Yeah, it's tight. That is, my God, it is such a good fight for a neutral. Uh, <laughs> but for me, uh, you know, I'm pretty young, but I am going to need, like, heart medicine by the end of this season. <laughs> um, 
I think we're going to be finishing above the drop. How far up the drop is really for anyone to say. Um, I think the sides currently in relegation, the, the, the bottom three are not necessarily the sides I would choose to get out of it, considering. Um, mm-hmm. Everton might be able to uh, put something together, and Southampton is the only one I would really say is like, out of all the three, I'd say they have the best chance. They seem the most stable and able to just kind of win one or two points that they need to get out, and then somebody just drops in. So you're saying Everton and Southampton are going to get out? I'm saying Southampton probably will. Everton depends on who they get to replace Frank Lampard. I agree. Um, I agree with that. Um, that's what I was kind of thinking too. And Bournemouth is the other one in that zone. Granted, they have 17 points. So do the Wolves. Um, so, I mean, I, I think the Wolves can keep slipping because they're not, they haven't done anything too spicy in the transfer window. A couple players here and there, but not enough to, to I mean, when you're bringing in Diego Costa, you can't expect much. Um, they did bring in a new keeper. I don't expect Jose saw to lose his position. It's got to just be a backup move. Um, West Ham, I don't expect to be still lingering down there, but you never know with them. Um, they've played like crap for a majority of this season. Um, but again, it's been a bit of shock after last season, right? Oh yeah. They seem to be a topic of our conversations fairly often and and how sometimes they'll win a game. We're like, wow, this is their time. And then they'll go on a string of losses and it's like, okay, no, we're, we were way off. Um, so yeah, I think Leeds make it out. I think they have the talent and also Leeds are within the bottom 10 teams. The lead Leeds are still a game back. They've played 19. Everyone else played 20. So yeah. And our next one's against Nottingham Forest too, which, uh, winnable, very winnable, uh, Nottingham Forest, very good team as far as the, they're what I'd expect from them. Uh, but I still do think, even on away game, I think that might put an end to... I mean, technically, the Accrington Stanley put an end to the, the stat that Leeds hadn't won in the last five away games. In terms of in the league, I think Nottingham Forest might be where we have to really push for it. Mm-hmm. And then Man United the following week, which is probably when you think we'd see McKinney? Yeah, I would say McKinney's probably going to come on as a sub there, uh, just because... Against a side like Manchester United, you're going to want your starting 11 to be very, like, experienced, very cemented, very knowledgeable about each other. Mm-hmm. I do think he could start, considering he's been with Tyler Adams in the, you know, the setup for the U.S. for a while. So that yeah, could it might be... be easier to drop him in compared to, you know, if, if you didn't know Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson and stuff. So Yeah, absolutely. Built-in uh, chemistry right from the start. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to see. Um, yeah. I feel like it doesn't happen too often when the whole, you know, a third of your squad is basically on the national team together. And I guess <laughs> besides like the Barcelonas and the Real Madrids, but yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, on that subject. It's 43% of all the Premier League uh, minutes this season made by U.S. American internationals is going to be by Leeds players once this goes through. Dang. It's That's so funny. <laughs> Who'd be the other percentage? Pulisic? Uh, that'd be... Tim Ream, Pulisic, and Chris Richards. Oh, and Anthony Robinson as well. Anthony Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting seeing the, uh, you know, Leeds United States of America (laughs) play out there. But. Yeah. I just. I I, I think like Leeds can survive, like just kind of looking at their results now. It's just, you've got. Four wins, six draws, nine losses. If you can just convert some of those draws into a win, I think you'll be pretty good. Like, you're scoring goals. You're defending pretty well. It's just the the few games that I've watched this season, it seems like they sometimes struggle to kind of either hang on to the lead or, like, really push for the lead. But, I mean, they just always have so much energy, and I feel like a lot of teams don't have that, so you can just out-energy and outpace the other team. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been our thing. Uh, and especially with McKinney, like, I think the biggest issue with getting those draws has been that uh, we get up to the opponent's box, and it's then somebody shoots straight into three defenders when there's somebody <laughs> wide right next to them. And yeah. it's just happening every single time. I think McKinney's going to bring in the right kind of he he knows when and when not to shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many goals he gets out of that is a bit different, but uh, I think he'll 
like I said, I think we'll see an uptick in scoring because I think he's going to be in the right position just with the side. Yeah, and I mean, even if he, you know, gets a few shots off but doesn't score, he's at least letting the other teams know that he's a potential threat, right? And can pull a defender to towards him and hopefully open it up for someone else. But so as for where uh, Michael thinks Leeds is going to finish here, oh, I think I don't think they'll get relegated. Um, I actually had, believe it or not, I had Leeds finishing in the top six at the start of the season. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Um, I was being really hopeful because after their first week, they looked really good. I'm trying to remember who they played week one because um, we did. Chelsea was, I think, week one or week two. Did, and they beat them? They beat Chelsea. Yeah. So Brazil? now if you would have told me Chelsea would be 10th at this point in the season, <laughs> I I would have then thought about it differently because I was expecting Chelsea top four and Leeds finishing underneath them, which very well could happen. Uh, after next week if if Leeds goes to 21 points they're only uh eight points behind Chelsea so that's not (laughs) like that's not anything crazy uh I just miscalculated where Chelsea would be so um yeah I think I think they're going to be safe I don't expect them to move into the top 10 I think they'll probably kind of stay where they are um it'll be interesting to see what happens with Marsh because he just, you know, there are a lot of expectations. But again, you got to let things build. We're in such a instant gratification mode right now with all these managers, and, and they need to bring results tomorrow. And if they don't, their job's in jeopardy by the next day, and they've only been there for a couple months. So I think they still got to give it a little bit of time. I really hope they don't get rid of him after just a year, um, you know, considering the injuries that happened, considering they've had some great wins too against the likes of Liverpool and Chelsea. That Liverpool one broke me a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm still celebrating it. I, I, yeah, you, you should be. You should be because that was one of those games where they just out hustled for 90 plus minutes. Um, and you know if they can figure out a way to finish better at the you know when they get into that 18, they'd be in a much different spot. I I believe they just they're faster than a lot of teams. They'll go the whole 90, and teams have a trouble keeping up with that. Except for the teams that I've seen Leeds play when they do the same thing, when it's just back and forth, all like, I think they did that against, uh, uh, who was it, Brentford last week, two weeks yeah. ago? It was, oh, yeah. It was yeah. just like chaotic, like back and forth, no one knowing what to do with the ball once they got into their opponent's box. Um, and it was like that for 90 minutes, and I felt like I was watching a ping pong ball. It was going back and forth. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was fun. Again, fun to watch, but like not what I really want to watch. Um, yeah. in terms of the game. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I, you know, I hope they stay up. It's nice to have you as a supporter, too, and, and be able to talk to you because I know you watch them most weeks. And to be honest, with, with the games that we're looking for and watching, we that's not a game we necessarily pay attention to. So it's interesting to get someone else's mindset and uh, w- w- what they are seeing when we are not. So, um, yeah, we definitely appreciate you sticking around, and, and hopefully we can get you into our league next year. Uh, you know, yeah. and, uh, we'll, you know, we're doing women's world cup this summer too, which, uh, will be a fun little experience. Um, so yeah, I'm, we still got a long ways to go this season. It's crazy that we just hit the halfway mark. It feels like, yeah. it feels yeah. like we've been here forever. <laughs> it's, it's starting to feel like a second season, which I think is probably because of the whole world cup in the middle of, yeah. in yeah. the middle of it. Really. Yeah. Quite a, quite a significant break there. <laughs> yeah. All right, do you guys want to jump into our, our fun stat if you brought one of the week? Because I found one and I was like pretty fascinating. Um, I mean, not pretty. It's fascinating to me. I just love looking at stats and seeing what everyone was doing. Um, so I'll start with mine because uh, it I, I enjoyed it and it's you know pretty fascinating. Uh, Man City right now is controlling their game with possession at sixty five point four percent. What team is second in possession at 59.4%? Oh. Hmm. Think about it. Think about it. Um, Chad, want to take a stab? My, my immediate thought was Arsenal because they have been playing a little bit more possessive, but like... Do you think I would find that we... interesting? No, I don't think you would. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, beyond that, though, like, I mean, maybe a Newcastle? I don't know. <laughs> All right, you say Arsenal and Newcastle. Zach? 
I'm trying to think like an outside the box kind of answer. Like that's what it's got to be. It's it it can't be that top four. Like <laughs> it's got to be something like I I don't know who exactly is doing this, but some team that just doesn't attack that much. Maybe it's it could be Tottenham with Conte at the True. helm, but I know they didn't really have a lot of possession against Fulham. Uh, it's not so Tottenham. It, it's not, not Arsenal. Tottenham. It's not Newcastle. Dang. Okay, yeah, well, I'll say this. Third place right now at 58.2% is Chelsea. Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, Chad. Really? Just, I mean, yep. I figure you have that much of the ball. Like you should score some goals, but that should well mean goals, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll give you all one more guess. Could be Leeds. Is that going with Leeds? I'm gonna just go crazy and say West Ham. West Ham controls the game with 44% possession. Leeds controls the game with 49.8. It is Liverpool with 59.4%. What did I just say? You got the ball that much? Score a dang goal. (laughs) Chad, we shoot but don't hit anything, okay? It goes into the air and then it flies away. Uh, Yeah, Brighton... 57.2% 57.2% at fourth. Uh, Arsenal fifth at 57.1. Man United, Leicester, the surprising one, at 51%. Uh, then Newcastle, Tottenham, Leeds, Wolves. Uh, bottom three being Brentford, Bournemouth, and Forest. Um, not too surprised by the three, those three teams at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, Forest with a hefty 39.8%. Oof. Yeah. So, I don't know. I found that to be kind of... Like, of course, Liverpool would be second in possession and be losing all these games. Like, of course. Of course. Um, so, yeah, that was my fun little stat that I saw. And uh, top three shooting percentages, uh, City, 16 shots a game. Liverpool, 16 shots a game. Arsenal, 16 shots a game. Not on target, though. Just shots. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Dang. They're not converting. That's all I had to say. <laughs> well, they're enjoying the possession, at least. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't grab a stat this week. I spent all my stat time on last week. So, which Zach, I don't know. Did you catch last week's episode? Did you Did you get to hear our, Chad's stat? I think yeah, you, I actually. Did. Oh yeah, the, we, uh, we talked about it in Discord a little. Erling Holland. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which I, I gotta say, because now I have my voice on here. You didn't give Rodrigo the respect on his name. <laughs> He's the fifth top goal scorer in the Premier League right now. Is he really? Uh, yeah, he's got ten. Uh, he's one of only five to have uh, more than ten. It was just, it was just that you said, like, I think probably off the co- cuff of your head, but it was like, oh, who would be scoring those goals for him? And I was like, it's Rodrigo. We he's like a record <laughs> signing. He's a really my, good attacker. My Jeez. my apologies, my apologies. I just, you know, yeah. when, when you when you see a team in the table at fifteenth place and there's teams yeah. above them who he's outscoring, it's just like. It's kind of shocking, but yeah, ten goals oh, for yeah. him. That's you know, yeah. No, it's all I'm trying fine. to say is Holland, Holland's just a freak, and it doesn't make any sense what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> no sense. Yeah, no, it it only hurts on the inside, so you don't really have to apologize that much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, he's been. It was really weird to me at the very start where people were, all these pundits were like, "Oh, Holland's really good. Who could have seen this coming?" And I was sitting there like. Football manager saw this coming. Everybody yeah. saw this coming. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, anyone who had a sniff of him at, at Dortmund was like, yeah, the kid's good. Like, he'll be he great. He's the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, the saddest part is, uh, in the championship, there was, I think, like a 15 million euro deal that Leeds had with Molda for Holland back before he went to Salzburg. And he just, uh, I don't know if he went, decided to go to Salzburg or if uh, Roger Gazzani was like, ah, that's way too much for this young Norwegian kid. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those way things that, like, like Arsene Wenger missed out on Rodrigo. Exactly. Or Ronaldo. It's the, the typical, like, almost signed him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. One of those things. 
Uh, Zach, I got a question for you. Who is Leeds' yeah. number two scorer? Number two scorer right now? Yeah. Uh, oh, man, I don't know. How to, I actually don't know that's off the, top of my, off the top of my head. I would have to guess Bamford, but it could be Harrison. Actually, wait, let me think here. They have four goals. <laughs> they got four goals? Then I'm saying it's Bamford because he scored a lot off substitution recently. Bamford has one goal, sir. Really? Oh. <laughs> Somerville. Wow. Somerville with four. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, one of those a being of a dagger into my heart. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> God, what do you know? Four. Yeah, seven okay. appearances, four goals. That's a pretty good ratio. Oh, why, yeah. Why isn't he playing more? Is he injured? No. Um, as far as I can tell, he's not playing more just because this is kind of like, I don't think it's his debut season. I believe he did play last season and mm. maybe a little under Bielsa. I can't remember exactly when he got his first appearance. He's pretty young. But, yeah, that's really about it. Is like I think it's just that he's pretty young. We already have players that we've spent a lot of money for in his position. And it's one of those things of, like, I don't necessarily think money should dictate who plays what. Mm-hmm. But the people in charge do think that yeah. uh, a good okay. bit. Where it's, It makes sense. You know, if you spend $50 million on Brendan Aronson, then you're going to want to play Brendan Aronson even if Crescencio Somerville, who you spend a million on, sure. might be a little better or might be a little worse. Yeah. It's sense. a lot of, like, we're, we're figuring out how good he is right now. And I think he'll probably be a... A mainstay for a bit, but right now he's got to like really earn his spot. Well, when so you're bringing him in at the 80th minute to go run around and cause chaos, it's working. Um, oh yeah. So I'm sure that's probably I you know I haven't seen all his goals, but I imagine that's where a lot of them are coming from is late in the game when he's outpacing a lot of the the defenders who are already pretty tired. So yeah, yeah. Def, definitely fun to see. So Chad, we have our, our transfer teams in here kind of coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to wait until the 31st and do a do a, a last day quick podcast segment on who we'd choose? Because I'm really curious if there's going to be any more here. My my, I st- I'm struggling with my midfield. Yeah, I don't um, have a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are kind of already picked up. So if you want to wait two days just to see what happens, I'm open to that. Um, and we can do a quick little little bonus episode there if you want to circle back. Um, we can maybe do our want to do our forwards because forwards like that was the fun spot for me. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Okay, um, so Zach, we have three forwards to choose. Uh, you know, we had a lot of interesting transfers coming in. Um, I guess I'll start with mine. Want to go, or I'll I'll do one and you do the other, and then sure, we'll we'll, we'll make a third one. Um, I'm going to start with Zhao Felix. I think that's, you know, just looking at his stats from last, the first debut game he had, that would have been a very nice uh, fantasy point game despite him not scoring any goals. He was all over the pitch. He had points and dribbles, a couple shots. Um, I just think with him and Mudrick coming into Chelsea, we can't pick Mudrick since Zach took him. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're getting the last of the bunch that, that, you know, are still available. So I I think he'll be a fun one to track. Um, Yeah, and I mean, he's kind of specifically brought into Chelsea to be their striker, right? Yeah. So, um, which clearly has been their issue, not possession. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, he was on my list for sure. He'll be interesting to follow. Okay, great. Who you got next? Um, I gotta give a shout out to Gakpo. He okay. had a decent World Cup. Um, he's had a little bit of a rough start in the league, but that's just kind of been Liverpool. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's one of two and a half fit <laughs> Liverpool forwards. So <laughs> I think he's worth a shout and, uh, you know, see what he can do in the second half to try and help Liverpool up the table. He was on my list and then I scratched him out because of the depth with Liverpool and their forwards. And and I don't know what they're going to do and who's going to play the most. So he was kind of eh, borderline for come, me. They got to come back and be fit to play like <laughs> i know it's, it's coming this could be a long second half of the season if no one's coming back so yeah. um yeah he's up there for me I, out of the first three that i wrote down he was number two and then i just mm. thought about it a little bit more and like what we're really looking for is stat tracking um my next one's trissard yeah i had him too but um 
it, that's just going to be one of those weird ones where it's like I don't know how much she will play necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like he will contribute for sure. Um, I don't think he's going to take the starting spot from Martinelli. He could maybe make some appearances at center forward to give Eddie and Ketia a rest. Right. But I just I, I don't know if he'll play enough to like for anyone to actually pick him in the league, you know? Yeah, we're still in picking right now though, so mm-hmm. you know. Um who else is on your list if we didn't already get them all? Um, I mean those are my, my those are your three picks for sure, yeah. I'm happy to do those. My other ones were Anthony Gordon and Wilkarst. And just like yeah, I- I had Gordon, I, but I had to. yeah, Gordon is a thought. He kind of made like the honorable mention, but uh, I don't know. He, he just he he looked okay at Everton early on, and then just did nothing. Yeah, he dropped. <laughs> so, he dropped pretty hard. Yeah. Um, well, hey, we still got a couple of days too to kind of see if anything spicy happens. So, um, if you're good for it, we can pick back up on Wednesday. Wednesday the first. Is that right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, Wednesday the 1st. You want to pick back up there and do the rest of our team? Yeah. That sounds good. Right, I'm, that I'm sounds hoping good. Kaylor Navas comes into Forest because he's going to be my keeper pick. Yeah, that so. was, all right. That, me too. It hasn't officially happened, right? <laughs> no, no. Okay. I think it's still rumors. But Okay, cool. All right. With that, uh, Zach and I have to go to practice. But, cool. Zach, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, uh, thanks for yeah. joining. I'm sure we'll be doing this again in the future. Uh, you know, if anything crazy happens with Leeds, whenever they say, have a big game, be prepared to get a call or text from us saying, <laughs> all right, hey, come on, because, uh, you know, we want your insight and in, in what you saw. So, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming. Heck yeah, thank you for having me. Um, and I just want to say, weird that nobody thought of Danny Ings, who just oh, got he, transferred. he just got hurt. Camp. He just got hurt. Oh, just yeah, hurt. Yeah, Never mind. Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> hurt on the debut. I thought about him. I did yeah. think about him. Yeah. But. Okay. Yep. He's there. He just. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. All right. With that, the hooligans are out. <laughs> Episode 21. We'll see everyone next week. All right. We'll see everyone Wednesday. Midweek podcast. Yeah. Out. There you go. All right. Good night, everyone. Bye.